It's Monday morning, everyone. Welcome to Kafaru Cast. Um, Justin Gaithji, by the way, everyone should check out uh, Justin. He's going to be on the podcast later this week, but he won. I told him I'd mention it. He beat the shit out of Tony Ferguson. Uh, but above and beyond that, just as exciting, I have got Dale Perry, um, owner of Evolution Outdoors. And uh, actually, I'm not going to go over the huge announcement, Dale, of what you've kind of done in the industry. You can kind of give the rundown, but Dale builds a badass broadhead and one of my favorite mechanical broadheads of all time. But Dale, thanks for coming on. Hey, it's a pleasure to be here. Give a rundown, man. Like, uh, you had No Limits Archery before, which was the Gravedigger broadhead. I killed a ton of stuff with that. Uh, you invented that and then you kind of tell the history of that and then how the Jekyll and Hyde broadhead got started and that, you know, starting evolution outdoors. Yeah. Um, back in 2000, I want to say it was 12. We started, um, I actually got back into archery. I grew up in archery as a kid and then got out of it and did all the adult stuff and, um, got back into archery. And when I got back in, it was a, uh, it was a fixed or, uh, mechanical separation line between the two. And when I first said, I, I think I can build a better broadhead, people laughed at me and said, well, everything's been done and everything's been designed. And um, I had a lot of people in the industry basically shrug me off. And so I went to uh, went to start designing and the Gravedigger was born after many failures. And... Um, it really just kind of started grassroots and no advertising budget and none of that. And when it, when we finally got our patent and we really started getting a a market to it, we started really just knocking down animals. And that's what it came down to is the performance of the broadhead. So, uh, that company grew and, and grew. And in 2015, we were approached by, uh, by Plano. Plano Synergy, and they uh, they were interested in buying the product, and so we had a bit of a negotiation with them, and finally did that, which was a good and bad thing. I mean, there were things that worked out and things that didn't, and so when I left there, they owned the Gravedigger name, and they owned the uh, the patents, and so what I looked at doing was designing another head that took all the good things that I had designed, which nothing's ever perfect and eliminated the bad things. And that's how the, with evolution outdoors, that's why, how the Declan and Hyde were created. And, uh, it's been an, it's been an interesting ride. <laughs> I, I was pretty excited. Uh, I am not speaking for, for Dale here at all. Uh, this is my own personal experience, but, uh, anybody remembers back before I picked up the, you know, the stick bow and, and even in 2017, I shot the compound. I was a pretty big proponent of, uh, of, of two different heads, the, the NAP kill zone and the grave digger and the, the kill zone. There's some tolerance issues, not some, there's a significant amount of tolerance issues. So I quit using those and I stayed with the grave digger. When you got out of the company, it went to shit, blades breaking, ferrules bending. I mean, the quality just went to hell in a handbasket. And so that was two broadheads I couldn't um, introduce or couldn't, I didn't recommend anymore. In fact, I felt bad because people were buying the newer ones. And I'm like, hey, I that's, that's the newer stuff, man. I don't know what to tell you. So when you came out with this broadhead, 
uh, I was super excited and you had sent me some and I shot a few animals with them. I had to goof around. I actually shot um, uh, a couple with um, and I get them conf- conf- not confused, whatever. But I the is the Jekyll the mechanical or the hide? Hide hide is the mechanical. So the easiest way to remember it is hide and hybrid. Gotcha. So the the Jekyll I had loaded up a bunch of point uh, component weight uh, and shot the one twenty five. Uh, out of my my stick bow and the both the, the mechanical or or the hybrid and the fixed blade you don't have any of those quality issues that I was having with your previous design when you got out of the company and I, I've recommended that broadhead a lot for especially on the mechanical side of things um, you know or the the hybrid side because the good thing about this you know broadhead when it comes to a mechanical to to me is the way it opens and how it opens is unique. Um, it's not like most mechanical broadheads or, or any, really. Um, one, and then two, you've got a fixed blade and a mechanical all in one, and you can actually turn one into the other and vice versa, if I'm not mistaken, um, which is pretty cool. Uh, how long did it take you to come up with that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because cause that aspect, and, and you go back a little bit to the quality issues that the grave digger had well i mean the simple term is it's sold in walmart and there's things you have to do to get into walmart so that's what created the, the quality issues on the other hand the new broadheads the jekyll and hyde or anything from evolution outdoors will never go into big box ever and uh we're we're looking at uh doing dealers and that's great i want to support the dealers but um yeah we'll, we'll never go into big box but in the design what happened was uh again we're, we're de- we designed the feral and are building them at AE up in prescott here in arizona so tolerances were the biggest thing that that is the biggest thing in broadheads and people don't understand well it's just a broadhead but everything's about tolerances and with a new design I wanted just out of a, I don't know, it was almost on accident, came up with the idea that to be able to change the blade from a mechanical to a fixed and vice versa and have what you know, the same flight profile, because everything's based on the ferrule. Ferrule is your flight profile, and when you start changing ferrules going from a fixed to a mechanical, they, they fly differently. And so my idea was to be able to make those tolerances tight enough where a fixed blade will be tight, but mechanical blades will be loose enough to open. And so that's where our struggles came. And we had a few prototypes and a few issues that we had to fight through. But once we got it dialed in and we got the correct locking system and everything, it has just been phenomenal since then. I've killed... With both, um, I'm kind of like you. I'm more of a hybrid guy when it's shooting compounds and stuff because I like the extra width. But I've had so many people really understand that you can switch between the two. And now a lot of our sales, they'll buy, you know, a dozen broadheads or six broadheads of one kind, and they'll get replacement black packs of the other blades. So people are really starting to understand how the system works and, and what the benefits are. It's uh, it's kind of unique just because I shoot uh with a compound. I shoot fixed and mechanicals a lot of the times in the in the quiver. I'll have both, 
I don't. I didn't have any. I do too. <laughs> yeah, it's just sometimes one calls for one, one, one situation calls for another. But I can't. I I haven't shot these past eighty. Uh, but out to eighty, it's the same. Um, I can't say past, you know that or what. You know, I I I mean, honestly, I haven't shot a compound enough. I don't have enough time with one to be, you know, screwing around when I do shoot one. You know, usually it's for a specific purpose, like testing your broadhead. And I, I can say in good conscience that you can shoot um, with a tuned bow. If your bow sucks, don't quote me on this shit. But if your bow's tuned, you can shoot field points and both the Jekyll and Hyde um, out to 60 and 80 yards without issue, same point of impact. You might be, when I say that, as good as I can shoot. They might be a little bit lower than field points because of wind drag. But as right. far as paper plate, right, I can keep it in a paper plate um, as good as I can shoot at 80. I mean, there are all those internet days where I can shoot tighter than a paper plate. But for the most part, on a bet, <laughs> I can keep it in a paper plate at 80. And I can keep all three in. Now, I will say... Generally, um, as a whole, there is a bit of wind drag difference with those heads, and you might want to bump. I didn't really see it at 60. At 70, I probably bumped half a pin down, and 80, I probably bumped half a pin down, which is probably three inches maybe of wind drag. Is that? I haven't. We Dale and I didn't talk about this shit ahead of time. So, did you notice that, or was that my my setup? No, that's in general. That's in general on these broadheads. I mean, we uh, we took that front blade um, and sharpened it all the way around so as you've seen aerodynamics that wind comes off that front blade and it's it's really clean but when you get out to 80 it's super quiet you get out to 80 you get out to 90 or 100 you're going to notice that and it is purely that it's purely wind drag i'm the same way 60 yards they're spot on 80 yards i'm a little bit low so again guys at practice if you want to practice at longer distances, which I, I wholeheartedly think people should because it makes the short shots a slam dunk, um, you don't need to practice with broadheads at 80 yards or 90 or 100. You practice with field points. It's just reality. And then you sight your bow in and know that when you're practicing at that distance, you're going to hit a little bit high if you're shooting field points, if you're sighted in for broadheads. And, and, that's, and uh, I try to explain that to people ahead of time. Now... I do practice with broad heads for the final friendly line, right? That I, 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 oh, well, I, do too. I practice with them all the time with a stick bow, but with a compound, I just sight in my bow hot, you know, with the, you know, with the, the field tips. So, well, vice versa, whatever you want to call it. Meaning I got a yard or two extra on my 70 or 80 to make up for that wind drag. And, and again, I have to sharpie circle my, point of impact for my mechanicals fixed and my field points to get a mead median and mode because they are low it's just I don't shoot good enough at 80 to I have to you know I could shoot three arrows and they could all be one could be high that should be low and vice versa but overall you're going to get a three to let's say six inch drag it's at 80 with with your heads is what I found bottom of the plate basically or just below it yeah, I find it to be I find it to be at eighty yards about three inches and about five inches at a hundred. That's that's about about the drop. And again, I'm not world class shooter either, but I shoot enough to where I can consistently find that this this broadhead or these arrows broadheaded tipped arrows are a little bit lower um at that longer range. But at sixty yards, I mean I'm pretty good. I can hit 
at 60 yards, I can hit a baseball all the time, and I don't find a difference at all. Gotcha. Now, what are the build-up and components of the the head? Because that's going to be one question. Get, nobody's going to Google it, right? There's always the people they're uh you know gonna message me hey what's the it build up what's it what's it made of instead of looking it up so why don't you simplify that for me okay. what's the build up of the blade so we referral? offer we offer four versions of the broad head. um and again both come in jekyll and Hyde. so we have a hundred grain crossbow head which is actually the same diameter of a, as a crossbow arrow um and then that's made out of seventy seventy five aircraft aluminum um, the blades are uh, hardened 420 steel, stainless, and then all the components, the screws are all made at an aerospace company. They make aerospace screws here in Goodyear, Arizona. And then that's the 100 grain. The 100 grain regular um, vertical bow broadhead is set for vertical bow shaft diameter, and it is made of the exact same component, 7075. Um, stain or seventy seventy five aircraft aluminum, same blades, same everything. The blades across the broadhead are all identical. Um, the one twenty fives are vented, and everything else, the one hundreds and the one fifties, have a solid front blade, and that's just for weight control. Um, the one twenty fives are made out of four eighteen st- or uh, hardened steel, so they're almost bulletproof. And the 150s are made out of the same material, gotcha. the hardened steel. And are you? Um, has there been anything since you started that uh, has been like a fuck type of a moment, or has everyone fairly smooth <laughs> after the prototypes? After the prototypes, I, okay. So nothing's perfect. I've already stated that, right? So in this design and changing the locking system to be more consistent because that was one of the drawbacks of the grave diggers. People would say, Oh, I tightened it too much. I didn't tighten it enough. We tried to take that element out of it. So we're using a polymer pin. It was after many, many tries of different combinations. Um, Nick and I at AE came up with or Nick, I'm not going to say I Nick's team came up with this polymer combination and it's soft enough to just compress out of the way but strong enough to hold it. So the downside to that is after you shoot something, sometimes it's a bitch to get out. I mean, uh, and people complain, how do I get the goddamn pin out? Uh, you, you literally have to work it out with an Allen wrench. Um, and so that's, that's the only downside, but in your quiver, driving around, traveling, doing all that stuff, they never rattle loose because that's their you get them, they're ready to hunt. Let me chime in here because I'm a dumb shit and I don't read directions. So you sent me these. Uh, they came to the shop. This was a couple years ago or a, a, over a year, probably a year ago. A year ago. Yeah. yeah and ago. I, like, a, like an idiot, I start popping open blades. Um, <laughs> and Yeah, I, I, that's it, what all of them now have. Don't open blades, they're uh, ready to hunt. So I, I literally... Yeah, I'm not a direction reader. I'm like most men. So <laughs> I, I open them and I'm like, these blades are loose. Let me, I'm going to have to call Dale. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, well, I was like, this is stupid. And, you know, I, I, I have learned from making myself a, a dumb shit for over the course of time to not call immediately, like do a little more research. So I, uh, you know, I, I'm like, all right, I messed with these. These are still okay. So and I pull on the other ones and I'm like, oh, 
okay, those are tight. And then I'm like, oh, there's a bag of clips here, or a little bag of pins. I'm like, okay, the brain is starting to work. Coffee's kicking in. I'm like, oh, I fucked these up out of the gate. I That pin holds the blade. And so if you can imagine this for people listening, there's a, a center pin, we'll say, that's a polymer uh, structure. And that center pin is what holds the blade from opening. So once you open the blade, it more or less busts the, the polymer or, or breaks open. Yeah, it mars it. Yeah, mars, mars it. it down. And so... Uh, now I rigged up a system that was pretty slick with just a vice um, on my my work table, uh, and I have a little thing I clamp in, and I can just hold the the broadhead and push that, and that marred that what you're talking about with the polymer. It wasn't an issue for me to get out. Was it as easy when it then it was brand new? No, but in in for me, um, and, and hopefully people are tracking here, for a guy that has shot just about every. Well, I think I've probably shot every broadhead known to man. Both stick, bow, compound, everything. Blades opening up in your quiver suck. And anything with a rubber band, uh, a slip cam system, shit rattles loose real easy. And what's nice with these, um, if you're in a foamless quiver, meaning a dual gripper quiver, they don't really rattle, right? They're pretty, you know, if they are rattling, you you fucked up and you broke that polymer pin on accident. So uh, before you screwed them on, so they're tight. The thing that's nice is that polymer pin is durable enough that you can slide it in and out of foam. Once you've pre-punched the hole, you don't have to worry about that broadhead opening up or that pin marring, which is is huge. So it's a very durable pin when you're talking about, okay, so I give you an example. My, my wife, I bought a bunch of shitty Rage broadheads for her off of Amazon for turkey. Well she's not exactly a pro, right? So she slides those things in and out of the quiver and shit. And she's like, she's Italian, right? She's fuck these fucking things keep opening. And I'm like, what? And what the I, hell did you buy me, you cheap son oh, of a bitch? Oh, I looked at them and I, I literally, and I make jokes about that and nothing against, you know, whatever. I, I'm not a rage guy. Some people right. are, whatever. Right. But I looked at it, I said, this is what happened when kids from college design shit. This is horrible <laughs> to, you know, for a, Whitetail, I'm not, you know, sure it's fine, a tree stand, but if you can imagine if you're if you're running through the brush and you're pulling your arrow, you know, you don't want to run with a broadhead on very far, so you're going through the brush, you're running, and your arrow's catching, it doesn't take much for a lot of those to open up. And with this center pin system, I call it a center pin, but it's uh, this, this retention pin. Um, retention pin, yeah. It works extremely well. Now, like I said, the funny part was is I'm busting them open playing with them, screwing everyone up, so then... I'm like, okay, two plus two equals four. I got to swap these out. And so I did. Now, the one thing I will say is I tested these up to a 100-pound bow, and uh, I, I've had many broadheads open coming up, coming out of bows like that uh, from the, you know, that power stroke uh, of right. the, 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 the bow or whatever, you draw cycle. Inertia. Inertia, yep. thank you. And these don't do that. Now, the only other thing that I would, you know, not caution but make people understand is, these, um, you know, you're not going to probably sharpen the mechanical blade portion unless you have some mini fingers. You can swap out the fixed portion, no pro- or sharpen up the fixed portion, no problem. I always tell people it's a disposable kind of thing with the, the blade on the mechanical. You may be able to do it, but I usually tell people if you're going to test the broadhead, you can sharpen up the uh, 
um, you know, the fixed portion when you're talking about the hybrid. Right. But you're going to probably want to replace the mechanical blade portion. Some people can do it. Um, but so it's something to think about if you're crafty, which, yeah, <laughs> I, I just tell people swap them out. It's easier. Yeah. It, it, it's really interesting because we, we've, we've played with so many designs and, and people want to practice with them. And when we first came out with them, um, back to ones that you have, uh, the, everybody wanted to, to practice with them. And again, broadheads really aren't designed to practice with unless you just take one and make it a practice head. And so we came up, we tried to come up with a practice blade that you could slide in like a Jekyll blade. That's a fixed blade that was, that would mimic the exact design of the, uh, the hide mechanical blades. And we were blowing them up just because of the impact of them, the way they were designed facing forward and stuff like that. So one of the things we did was go to this screw company, this aerospace company and say, Hey, can you make a screw that is super strong, tightened down, won't break, won't strip out. Um, and is the exact right distance that we, you know, length that we need it. So what we did was we made these new screws and, you can tighten down the blades. Now, you can tighten it down and make them tight so you so they quote unquote won't open. Uh, they'll still open in a target, but you can just retighten it each time you practice with them. And then you just take those off. Then you just unscrew it, put new blades on, and you're ready to go. Uh, just switch out the polyrim pin. So you can shoot it with the pin in it or without it. It's going to mar it. It's going to wreck it. But at the end of the day, you're shooting and practicing with the exact broadhead you're going to shoot. And then you can just, again, like you said, take those mechanical blades out, put new blades in, put a new polymer pin in, and you're ready to rock and roll. Do you, do you suggest any specific sharpening method for the, uh, the fixed portion? Or do you mess with those at all? Do you just swap those out as well? I just swap them out. I'm, I'm not a... I'm more of a one and done and I know they're, they're expensive broadheads, but, um, the ones that I do, I've noticed in, in shooting into targets, it actually kind of hones them a little bit. If, if you're going to practice and practice with them, it will wear them down. But if you want to, you know, say, Hey, okay, I'm, I'm ready to go hunting. I've been practicing all year. Let me, uh, let me, uh, do a couple shots. Like you said, at the end and get ready, make sure everything's right. I know guys guides here in Arizona that, that shoot them and they'll take each one of their hunting heads and they'll shoot them into a foam target just to hone them. And they come out sharper shit, man. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And it's, it is that honing. It's almost like stropping them, you know? And, um, yeah, try it once. Just take one broadhead, brand new, check the sharpness on it and then shoot it through uh, one foam target and then take it out and you'll feel the difference. And, and I'm not a huge proponent of razor, razor sharp broadheads. Um, and, and I, there's always a giant debate on this, but when you have a, when you have a razor sharp broadhead, that means you have almost no material at the edge of the broadhead because that's the only way to get it that sharp. So when it hits a bone that has a tendency to, to either roll over or, you know, lose its sharpness. I believe in having them sharp, sharp that they're going to cut you sharp that, but not razor sharp. So there's some material there on that edge. So when it hits a bone and goes through, it still stays sharp 
and does its job going through the rest of the body. Right. And I have to say, like, I have dove down the rabbit hole of, uh, okay. So when you shoot a sharp, well, everything, right. So when you shoot, you shoot a compound, um, you generally, you know, you're, you're, let's say you're a 28 and a half, 29 inch draw and you're at 70 pounds. You're going to be somewhere in the 450 to 500 grain arrow. That's shifting a little bit now. Some guys are a little bit lighter and, um, you're going to shoot, um, there's multiple different types of broadheads. Generally, they're going to be 60 bucks to, well, unless you buy real shitty ones, but 50 to 60 bucks a pack of three, roughly. Right. Um, right. And that's generally an aluminum ferrule, usually, not always. And it's going to be a, a broadhead that, um, is not a, it, it, it's, it's, it's not a big CNC one P it's not a trad head, right? It, you buy them, shoot them, you throw them away when you're done. They last a little while. They don't, whatever. They're, it's just a different mentality than the traditional archery world, um, I found, right? It was a, it was an eye-opener. I had never thought about sharpening a broadhead in my life, right? I just I have practice heads, and then I screw on the other heads, and I kill with them. And it's kind right. of a, a one-and-done, for the most part, thing for me. Or and, and mechanicals were the same way. If they were still good, great, clean them up, swap out the head. Then I got into traditional archery where you don't bring, you would never say that out loud in a group because you might get hung in the courtyard and stoned to death. They don't do that shit. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I, I like, you know, <laughs> I was one of those guys, you know, I've, I'm you like, like I, your extra time. <laughs> well, I'm like, I like mechanicals, right? Like I like a, a big hole and, and well, they can break and they can, you know, there are shitty mechanicals out there. Oh, and, yeah. Um, yeah. that's where a lot of this comes from too, where, when you're talking about a mechanical blade head compared to a 200 grain or 150 grain or, you know, um, you, you look at, and you know, I work with multiple different broadhead companies. If you want a, a broadhead that is 30 some bucks, uh, a head or a hundred dollars for three, you are going to get a potentially higher quality material. You're going to get a lot of different things, but you're going to have to pay for that. And so when you look at something like titanium ferrules, um, you know, very, very high end steel ferrules, things like that, you can do that. And, and, but you're, you're, you're going to be paying for that shit. And, uh, you you know, people have to understand, (laughs) I'm sure you being a guy (laughs) supplying them, you probably deal with both sides of the fence where guys are a hundred percent. No, I agree with Dale. There's going to be people listening in, sending me hate mail and positive feedback for both for, for both sides like i can already see the oh, emails yeah. i'm going to get in like dale's full of shit what's he talking about and then there's going to be guys like oh yeah dale's right i've been saying that for years and of course everybody sits in their corner and they they know they're right even though there's no real right there's personal preference so so my analogy is this there was there was a article years ago and i think it was in Bowhunter magazine and this is what created me the beginning of starting my own broadhead company or trying to design my own broadhead. So I was hunting and I was shooting a fixed broadhead with a buddy of mine. And it's a very sharp, very small fixed broadhead that is on the market today. Um, and I watched him gut shoot a deer at 40 yards. I physically watched through binoculars that deer leave the valley a mile away. Never stopped. 
never stopped. I mean, it ran for a little while and then walked and literally walked away because that broadhead was so sharp and small, it didn't do any damage. It just zipped through the animal. And the article basically was when you have a, when you cut yourself with a razor, with a razor or a paper cut, you usually don't know that you're cut. And so you continue to work and it, it won't stop bleeding because the, the, whatever the hell they're called, the blockers in your blood don't go to the site because it doesn't know it's injured. So you get a better blood trail. That was the premise behind this article. But on the other side of the coin, if you hit yourself with a hammer on the finger, what do you do? You cuss like hell, you go over (laughs) and you sit down and you stop doing what you're doing. So when I created my broadhead, I had so many people tell me I made a bad shot. The animal went 40 yards and laid down because it fucked it up. And that's the difference. If you make a perfect shot, awesome. But broadheads aren't about your perfect shots. Broadheads are about your bad shots. See, this is going to end up being a better podcast than I thought because there will be a lot of response from this. So I, (laughs) and this is because of the the stick bow, right? Gumming from the compound to the the stick bow. A hundred percent I shot. I'd be willing to bet. I probably shot 30 or 40 animals with your head somewhere in that neighborhood. I pile yeah, of does, yeah, hogs, so. elk, bunch of shit. And uh, I mean, other than the fact once they took over and they were breaking, but before that they left before a hell that. of a hole. Yeah. They left a hell of a hole. I mean, they were, they were pretty impressive. So my going to the, the stick, I had to, you know, I went from, I was shot pretty heavy point weight, 175 up front or so, give or take, and I was shot heavy pounded, so I could shoot whatever I want. Well, so, yeah, you're in an anomaly. You're an anomaly though in a stick bow because most people shoot are shooting 45 pounds. So, well, they're not shooting heavy poundage in a stick bow. I was a different, a bit of an anomaly, somewhat on the compound side. Well, it's you're an anomaly anyway. Swayed. But. Well, and I gotta tell people, <laughs> yeah, I have to remind people, like, hey. I was shooting 85 pounds with a 580 grain arrow. I can shoot whatever I want, right? right? You got to No, anywhere you want to do. Yeah, right. you you got to take that into consideration, but when I went to a stick bow, I'm shooting 60 pounds or so and a little bit more net now and 600 grain arrow and what's funny like I just set up a Dudley sent me a compound, right? And so I just I, cut. I, I saw. I saw that. I just took my trad arrows, cut two and a half, half inches off, and I'm shooting basically <laughs> the same arrow. I I dropped the point yeah, weight you from. Yeah, I'm shooting trad mains. Oh yeah, I went from two <laughs> inches. Badass, by the way. Oh, they work good, but I went from uh, 200 up front to 125. Bear shaft out to 50. Guys are like, I don't believe that, and I'm like, if you want, before I post the video, I want to bet you money, and I mean a lot. Cause I'm going to make you look stupid. Cause I am, I'm not saying everyone can do this. It just worked out that way. Right. That that's just, right. sometimes you get bows that tune that way. Okay. So with, right. with broadheads though, you know, I went from shooting what we're talking about, you know, the 50 to $60 heads. Um, I, I say disposable and, and I kind of mean that like, you know, the ones I practice with end up being disposable. I shoot an animal. That was kind of the end of it. You might get more than one animal, but I always just figured it is, you know, I'm going to get a shot, an animal out of it and at least need to replace, totally replace the blades. Feral price still be good usually. Correct. And then I went to the stick and oh my God, I'm looking at these giant 
freaking broadheads, like 200, 250, 300 grains. I don't know how to sharpen. I'm like, what the hell do I do with this thing, right? And <laughs> and I will say, like shooting a mechanical, you know, you're going to lose momentum to get the blades to open. Doesn't No matter what Correct. shit people feed you, you're going to lose some momentum. Um, and so the one thing I was surprised about is, what I was blowing through shooting a whopping 180 feet per second. But I'm shooting now a cut on contact, you know, one in a 16th, you know, single bevel or double bevel right. broadhead in comparison. Now, what I'm trying to bring home here is I'm going to get more penetration with that. I started shooting a little bit wider heads and, and I had Chris Rowe with Rowe Hunting Resources on and he was just loaded with both barrels I need to talk to you. I got a bone to pick with you, and he loves to argue. He's got a PhD in arguing, right? <laughs> I had some guys shooting heavy point, so whatever, and they shot whitetail in the stomach, and, and they said, you told, and I'm like, I didn't tell him shit. I didn't say that. I'm a huge proponent of a giant hole. Why do you think I shoot a two-inch fixed blade out of a freaking, <laughs> looks like an axe. I'm like, there is no yeah, you doubt. you can't get that to fly at 300 feet per second. Shit, no. <laughs> but, I mean, people have to understand there is a, a time, space, and place for everything. If you are low poundage and everything else, you're going to have to shoot a, a fixed blade, right? If you need, you know, if you're shooting certain situations. And you're going right. to have to deal with a smaller hole. You, I mean, that's just, you're genetically you're screwed. But you hit something in the grass basket or whatever, and I, 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 you know, you think of a uh, 223 to a 338 Lapua. It, it's a diff- It's the exact same analogy. Yeah, you, now, you, you can kill shit all day long with a 223 if you hit it in the right spot. Yeah, but I tell you what, you hit it wrong with a 338, it ain't going far, right? It's, it's still just ain't not going far. Yeah, he's he's in and, pain. <laughs> yeah, and that's one of the and you you talk about. Fixed head. So this, this in the, the Jekyll, our fixed version, um, and uh, which behind the story behind the two names is Jekyll and Hyde, which is one person, it's two personalities, and that's why this is called the Jekyll and Hyde. It's one feral with two personalities. And so that's kind of the reasoning behind the, the names. But the Jekyll, and one of the, one of the new things we did with, with the front blade and on the fixed blade of the Jekyll, is it sharpened all the way around. So for people that are shooting lighter poundage, um, people that aren't getting pass-throughs, um, and for whatever reason, a lot of people, like I have a, I have a friend of mine right now, he, has, he drew a, a bull tag in Arizona. Um, he killed a giant bull, 380-something last year, and drew it through the same tag again this year, dick. But anyway... So, and he shot it with a hide. And so he'll shoot this bull or shoot a bull this year with a hide. But then he has a moose hunt. He wants to use the Jekyll. So people have a tendency to graduate up to a fixed blade based on the size of the animal. Myself, it wouldn't matter to me because I'm confident shooting either one. But in that, the thought process is I may not get a pass through. I might need more energy, whatever. And... Um, I know you're familiar with the with the buck I shot on the strip a couple of years, a couple of years ago. Yeah, and I lost that buck for a day because I only got one lung of penetration. Shot him at a long fucking ways away, but 
I wanted something to change. And when I designed this new head, I sharpened the blades on the back side. So it does damage. If you don't get full penetration, it does damage going out. And I have told people, and I've had people shoot, and myself, I've shot stuff with the Jekyll. And if you get that broadhead in them, that animal's dead. Because it's cutting every direction every time it moves. Right, and, and I, I showed Amy that, uh, my wife, right, because we were talking, you know, explaining to her what you and I are talking about. There's a lot more shit talking when I'm talking to her because uh, I'm not being recorded with all the different various <laughs> sides of the <laughs> fence, right? Like, I, yeah. I mean, like right now, um, with that, that broadhead, when you talk about, you know, you shot it a long ways away and everything else. And it, I don't do that anymore, but I was really good at it at one time. Now I'm getting, you know, that's like a what you shot that at's like a par four for me. But right. the general principle of the matter, if you're against long distance shooting, okay, that's fine. But it's still the same principle. When the arrow gets in the animal, it's cutting in four days. Dale's a dick. He shot it far away. Whatever you want to say. People still do it, and it happens, and it happens close up. When that arrow's in there and it runs off, and anyone that's seen this happen, the body of that animal is making that arrow flip around, and that yeah. head is cutting everything inside when it's doing that front, back, sideways, and every other direction. Right, and that, and that's we broadheads again. Back to the original story, broadheads are about devastation. What they do to the animal when it when it goes through, and you get these guys that argue, well, it's all about shot placement. It's hunting. Shit happens. I mean, it's, it's just that simple. And so when it's not about shot placement all the time, yes, everybody aims for a certain spot, but everybody's going to hit that spot. Man, well, guys, I had Gillingham on here, and you know he's a nut, right? Oh, and my God, yes. He's, he's the biggest proponent about shot placement. Oh, well, and that's the thing. You know, you've got these Ashby guys that hate Gillingham, right? Because he's like, right. well, just don't Fight suck, arrow. right? Don't prepare for <laughs> Just don't hit it in the shoulder, dummy, right? Like, that's his, you know, <laughs> you know. so he's like, I, I, he's on here like, I have seen no issue with a 375-grain arrow in a mechanical. And I'm like, whoa, Tim, whoa, let's not, Jesus, you're as bad as the fucking Ashby guys. You're just on the other side of the fence. Like, you're just the other side of the fence. Yeah. There's like a happy medium. And so, for example, my, my wife, she's got a 27-and-a-half-inch draw, um, 44. Five forty-six pounds, and I, when I set her up with an arrow, I put a fifty-grain brass insert in, a hundred-grain point. She's got a decent amount, hundred and fifty up front, and right. she's shooting a four hundred and ten, I think, grain arrow. Um, yeah. Not a, not a barn burner. I think she's at two forty or something out of her bow. Right. Or, right. But like she hit an owl dad in the ass, and and uh, it jumped right when she shot, and it went through the femoral, through the ass cheek, and up into the stomach. So pretty good penetration. So, right. you know, when you set up, a, you know, but as I'm, as I'm saying this, I would not have an issue with her shooting a mechanical at some whitetails and people will be like, oh my God, whatever. And I'm like, Hey, look, if she hits it in the shoulder, it doesn't matter. I don't get, there's nothing on the front of that arrow that's going to put it through that. It's going to get through it. Yeah. And uh, so I agree. I'm like, if she, if that, if that animal ducks, if that, it jumps forward, I need to make sure she's got the best chance of hitting. Now she did shoot her her white tails this year with a fixed blade broadhead, but there are times that the animal jumps, catching the liver, putting a bigger hole right. in the liver. 
Those are all the things, and people need to weigh that out. And if you're like, screw mechanicals, they can fail. Fair enough. Don't shoot one, right? Shoot a fixed. But I guarantee, and I talk about this all the time, gear is the same way, right? You, 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 you're like, I'm not going ultralight. I'm going to be prepared. You backpack in seven miles, get your ass handed to you because you're so prepared. Your pack weighs 65 <laughs> pounds. You're coming back, and you're going to have a coming-to-Jesus meeting and with you yourself. you can't hunt because you're, you're mm-hmm. fucking wore out. <laughs> well, yeah, and so the next time, now you're going ultralight. You backpack in seven miles, and you're like, holy fuck, a storm came in. That was painful. <laughs> All right, back to the drawing board. Broadheads are the same way. You can be so yeah. steadfast in your opinion of a broadhead until something goes wrong, and then it'll it'll change it. And that could right. be... You shot 17 animals in a row, pinwheeled every one, and your 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 system worked great. And then that 18th animal, you got too much into the scapula and you didn't get, you know, your light arrow didn't work. It happened to my buddy Cody. That light arrow didn't work. He went from 410 to 515 arrow weight because he hit, that, I mean, just that day, he's like, screw this. I want to get through it. He had a 200-inch whitetail up in the shoulder, which I uh. guarantee he would have went through with either one, a heavier arrow, or two, a fixed blade. Right. And, and I'm not even sure what the fixed would have done it. And he's not going to shoot a fixed plate, um, or at least not a stereotypical. Um, right. and, and that's that coming to Jesus meeting with yourself that you have. And you're like, I'm changing. And then eventually in life, you're to the point where you and I are, where you're like, oh, I fucking know what I'm going to use. I don't, I'm good with it. Yeah. I don't care. Jesus Christ can come down and tell me I'm wrong. I'm still using it. I'm confident in that system. And you have the experience behind it to choose one or the other. And which is probably why you made the Jekyll and the Hyde is you'll shoot both depending upon the situation. Yeah. And, and it's really interesting. I mean, I shot one of the, one of the deer I killed in, on Kodiak. And I shot him with the, with the uh, Jekyll. I still have no idea where that arrow, that arrow could still be flying because that broadhead zip, but I shot him right through the lungs. He went 10 yards, still over dead. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, that's an, those are easy shots. It's when you don't make great shots. And, and I've had my staff guys, well, you know, I shot this, I shot a javelina and I didn't get good blood. It's like, well, where the fuck do you shoot him? Well, I shot him high in the lungs. Well, yeah, because all the blood's inside of it, you know? And, and, and so people tend to blame or rely on the broadhead. Oh, there's no tend to. They do. It's always the broadhead's fault. <laughs> it's always the broadhead's fault. Yeah, welcome to my world, man. <laughs> and so, it's just a situation. I shot a I shot a doe in Texas at twenty five yards, and I mean, pinwheeler, and it was right before dark and out of a blind. I mean, it was just okay. She's dead. Uh, went over, picked up the arrow, arrow full of blood. Not a drop of blood anywhere. I mean, not a drop. And I'm like, what in the world? I did circles and circles and circles. And I'm like, there's no blood. The only blood was on the arrow, and which completely passed through the, through the dough. And I'm like, this is crazy. The guide showed up, picked me up. I'm like, let's walk around, flashlights, couldn't find nothing. Went back and got the dog. That deer died 25 yards under a bush. We couldn't find it. There was no blood. And what had happened is she had one leg forward and one leg back. When I shot her, I shot her right underneath the armpit. Well, when she went to, to run, she closed that hole. And basically the fat in her body clogged both sides. There was no blood. So 
every person, if they if we it wouldn't have been a dog or whatever, to find that every person would have said, "Oh, it was a broadhead fault." Yeah. Well, I'm gonna bring this back to a a fixed blade story of the same principle. Tom Clum shot a massive bull, and everybody thought it because he didn't get blood. He shot it with his broadhead. They have a cutthroat. It's like a fix. It's a CNC one piece. It's a trad head, right? I mean, oh. you shoot it with compound right, single right, right. bevel. Well, he didn't. He shot it with a big-ass three-blade. No blood, right? <laughs> and the same thing happened when it shifted. Leg was fo- One leg was forward, one was back. When it shifted, yep. the, the, hot, the skin went back to its natural place and kind of covers the hole in the fat and everything else. And, again, and I deal with enough of this, and I've shot enough and le- re- just flat-out realized that it's generally not ever the broadhead's fault. I would say 98% of the time, it doesn't have to do with the broadhead. And, you know, when guys say, oh, I shot my mechanical, you know, it didn't open. Well, when I pulled it out of the dirt, it wasn't open. I'm like, now that, that is one <laughs> yeah, of the dumbest. Yeah, we got that a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard, right? It's, it, you know, it definitely opened from the dirt. It just closed when you pulled it back out, you know, whatever type. Well, I shot a doe this year with a, you know, full-on crazy-ass trad head. It went 380 yards double long. No lie. And... Whatever, it was alert when I shot it, and the reason I know it went 380 yards is if I wasn't 20 feet up in a tree, I would have never found it because I watched it run through the fucking prairie of Oklahoma, <laughs> and I'm watching I'm like, okay, obviously Die. I imagined Die. where I, I hit it because I didn't hit it where I thought I hit it, and then it runs and it dies, and I'm like, I, I filmed the whole thing, and I'm like, hey, guys, this is a prime example of you think you know something and you don't. Because I, I would have bet any amount of money. Never would have made it that far. And that's where the right. the devastation comes from. When you need, I guarantee if I would have hit that with a bigger head, wouldn't have done that. And you yeah, talk, you rocked or wool. Oh, yeah. Well, you talk about the high hits. When you, no matter what, when you pierce the thoracic cavity, if you, if you pierce it high, that thoracic cavity, the chest cavity has to fill up with blood before it pumps out of the top and it's still not very good. And so you don't get a lot of blood. It's not the broadhead's fault. It's the anatomy of an animal. It's got to fill up that chest cavity. So you hit one low right above the brisket, and it skims the top. It's going to pump out blood like a like a faucet usually. Oh, oh yeah. And so and I, angles are a big thing. Big strap, mm-hmm. flat, broadside shots are nothing like shooting something quartering away or quartering two. I mean, it. I you see these pictures posted. Well, this is a whatever head and it's this five inch long gas and it's like yeah you didn't shoot that that animal broadside you shot it quartering way and it cut it on its way down the side of the of the body so when, when you see all these things and i'm talking to the people out there when you see all these pictures of what damn well what kind of damage does it do that's all based on angle of the broadhead going in that's it that's all it is well, I'm going to tell a story, and this is about the last animal I shot with your head, but after the company was taken over, and people have heard this story before. I shot high wind, eastern Colorado, fairly close shot, shot the deer, and it pivoted extremely hard and went right down the hide and the body, right? Mm-hmm. It literally was naked from the... Uh, it. Alex Nestor, and he'll, he'll verify this story, he, he, he pops the bino go, binos up and he's like, oh my God, what'd you shoot that with? 
Now, this isn't a good story. We didn't get the deer, right? It pivoted so hard, I literally ripped the hide off for 14 inches down the body. However it happened, I have no idea, and eight inches high, it was naked. It looked like I hit it with a bazooka. And, yeah. you know, what it happened. But it hap- never got in the chest cavity. Never got <laughs> the chest cavity. And, guys, you know, you talk about devastation. I'm sure it dropped out of property we couldn't we couldn't get on, and I'm sure it froze to death. It didn't have any hair on half its freaking body. Um, <laughs> and that wouldn't have mattered mechanical or fixed or whatever if you go no, down the hide no. in the body. It's just happening. But, you know, you talk about that angled shot. When you hit something on an angled shot, or let's say you get penetration in the shoulder moves, that, that animal's doing, you know, you go into the shoulder, into the scapula, and that right. animal moves, it's doing more damage to itself when it's doing it because it's ripping the hole open from its leg moving. Oh. And it's very subjective, and I try to explain that to people, and it, it's hard to get to come across correctly. Yeah, it, but, you know, it, it, hunting is hunting. I mean, otherwise it'd be called killing. And, and, and all, well, that probably wouldn't be real popular either, but, um, <laughs> but I mean, it just stuff happens. And, uh, at the end of the day, you're just trying to, to mitigate and give yourself enough opportunity to be in a good position to be, you know, take a, a quality animal and, and trust your product. I mean, people, people always say, well, you know, Dale, what do you shoot? What do you prefer? Fixed or mechanical? And it's like, it, it really doesn't matter to me because obviously I designed them both and I'll shoot both at any given moment. But the bottom line is when you draw your bow, you have to believe in the product that you're shooting. Yeah. And Confidence. I've never asked somebody to switch, you know, mine's better or whatever. I mean, I believe that, that my product is the best on the market for what it does. But if you believe what you're using is better, then don't switch because you can't have second guessing in your mind when you're, when you're coming to full draw on an animal because there's enough shit going through your mind that you can't be thinking about your equipment. Oh, for sure. And I, I won't, of course, you probably won't like this statement. I, I will say that your mechanical head is, I would, I would be very confident in saying it's the best mechanical head on the market. A mechanical head is different than a fixed. Like you can only, I mean, your fixed blade broadhead is good, but I think where you shine the most is the fact you can swap them and make one the other. That's huge. But your mechanical, I would, I and I have told people, I highly suggest it because I, I think it's the best mechanical on the market. Um, you know, and, and there's several other good ones. But you know, when you go yeah. to a fixed head, is your fixed head the best? I'd have a hard time saying yours the best. It's a great option. It's nice. You can switch both, but there's a lot of good fixed heads, and yours is very good. Your mechanical, though, I would say it is the best. Um, in my, well, I always say never say best. It is yeah. one of the best broad it mechanical broadheads. one of broadheads. the best broadheads. Yeah, um, let's go with that. It, it, I, I can I can accept that. I I would uh I I for me like it's the the mechanical broadhead of choice for for me and and there's some other good ones but. The thing is, is since you have that fixed on the front and the mechanical on the back, that is huge for me. Uh, the way that they open, you don't have to worry about them rattling and everything else. So again, your 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 fixed head, I can see how guys would argue there's certain other types or a cut on contact. There's a lot of variables there. I get it, but the mechanical, it's um, dude, it's I mean, you did good, man. It's it's uh, it's pretty freaking impressive and. And, uh, and you also partnered up with, with Valkyrie, didn't you? You got the center pin thing going. You guys got something in the works with that. 
I did. I did. Brent reached out to us, um, and uh, he had asked if we would be interested in uh, building some of our heads with his uh, center pin design. And so we looked at looked at everything, and uh, we did. And those are uh, ready to be. We have them done and built for him, so we're getting ready to ship those out to him so he can – I know he did some pre-order stuff for a lot of the guys out there, and so those should be available anytime. But uh, yeah, it's it's been an interesting thing. I mean, uh, the system uh, is is spot on for me. I I change my stuff a little bit more uh, than most people do, but if if you run that system, um, it's a great option. And right now we're we're sending him the hide version. Um, because obviously he makes his own fixed heads. Um, but uh, if you wanted to buy the hides in that version, and then you could just you could come on and buy the Jekyll blades on on our website and switch them back and forth. Cool, cool. Well, man, tell everybody before we hop off here, where can they? Uh, what's the website? Where can they find everything to uh, take a look at them? So we're at evolutionoutdoors.com, um, and we're doing uh, free shipping, and we uh, dropped the price a little bit. Uh, just because of this whole craziness and everybody, hopefully everybody will get back to work here soon and Arizona's opening up and, uh, you can find us on, on Facebook, uh, or Instagram at the evolution outdoors. And, um, we'd love to hear your feedback. If you've brought, bought it or any questions that you have, go ahead and reach out to us and hopefully we can answer, answer all that stuff for you. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you hopping on. And, and again, I, I, I really like the system. Uh, the mechanical is definitely, um, like I said, super badass, and it's cool. You can swap back and forth from them. So anybody, you know, looking at them, I highly suggest them. And I, I appreciate the friendship and, what you know, working together over the years off and on. Um, I uh, I probably broke your heart when I went to a stick bow because uh, I was like, dude, I'm not shooting these. Any, I'm, I'm shooting a different system. But now uh, I'm like, no. Okay. Yeah, I, no, I get it. dude, and you're impressive with a stick bow. I mean, you you have risen to the top of that of that thing, and and it is it's it's hard work, and you put the work in, and you're one of the people that do, and you know, obviously, you're going to be successful at whatever you do because you're you you have that drive and you have the the sensibility to understand what you can and can't do. Yeah, I try not to suck. That's I tell people. Like I, if you're <laughs> not good, at, people do. Yeah, if you if you don't like sucking, you're probably gonna be good at what you you do because you'll work hard at it. But uh, well, right. cool, cool man. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, we may end up getting you on again to kind of do a a follow up to uh, maybe answer some of the questions that come through on this and everything else. But uh, but yeah, thanks again, man. Sounds good. All right, I'll talk t- to you later. Take it easy.